This week in the Enterprise Security News, Palo Alto Networks announces cloud-native security platforms, uh, a platform for cloud-native security. Akamai launches a new API security tool. Sentinel-1 secures a patent for its unique approach to uncovering exploits in their initial payload stage. Splunk helps security teams modernize and unify their security operations in the cloud. And Agile-1 predictive analytics scoring helps organizations identify, prioritize, and quantify cybersecurity risks. In the second segment, we welcome Ed Bellis, the co-founder and CTO at Kenna Security, to discuss prioritization to prediction vulnerability research series. In our final segment, we welcome back Corey Bosden, CTO at DeepWatch, to talk about DeepWatch Lens Score and Series B. So stay tuned for all that and more on this episode of Enterprise Security Weekly. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show where we talk security vendors and aren't afraid to name names. It's Enterprise Security Weekly. Cybercriminals are opportunistically targeting industries that continue to operate full tilt during the coronavirus shutdowns, and their attacks have grown more sophisticated. Given this shifting landscape, taking the appropriate countermeasures becomes paramount. Mimecast Email Security 3.0 helps you evolve from a perimeter-based security strategy to one that is comprehensive and pervasive with cyber resiliency in mind. From the company that stops at nothing to block cyber threats, Mimecast is offering a fully featured 90-day web security service. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash Mimecast to learn more. Detecting and responding to threats in the cloud is harder than doing it on-prem. Even when you do have the visibility you need, legacy security workflows weren't designed for the speed and complexity of cloud environments. Cloud-native security solutions from ExtraHop are purpose-built to spot threats across the hybrid attack surface, provide detailed investigation steps, and help you automate response. Request your 30-day free trial at securityweekly.com forward slash ExtraHop. Today's networks are changing fast and employees, devices, and infrastructures are more distributed than ever. Gigamon Threat Insight is a cloud-native, high-velocity network detection and response solution that's purpose-built to enable you to get in front of this transformation. Learn more at securityweekly.com forward slash Gigamon. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 203 of Enterprise Security Weekly for October 21st, 2020. I'm your host, Paul Asadorian, joined remotely by Mr. Matt Alderman. Happy Wednesday. It's middle of the week. Another yes. middle of the week. The uh, Mr. John Strand tried to join us, but he had other stuff going on. So he had to drop. He tried. He made an effort. It's good. Uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week. Um, would you like to have all of your favorite Security Weekly content at your fingertips? Do you want to hear from Sam and Andrea when we have upcoming webcast and technical trainings? Have a question for one of our illustrious hosts or someone from the Security Weekly team? Or really just wish you could hang out with the Security Weekly crew and community? You can subscribe to your favorite podcast catcher, sign up for our mailing list, and join our Discord server to stay in the loop all things Security Weekly at securityweekly.com forward slash subscribe. Security Weekly, in partnership with the Cyber Risk Alliance, is excited to present Security Weekly Unlocked on December 10th, 2020. This one-day virtual event wraps up the wraps up with the 15-year anniversary edition of Paul's Security Weekly. 
um, which we'll be doing live. You can visit securityweekly.com forward slash unlocked. You can view the agenda. That's right. We have a full agenda. Well, almost full agenda. Uh, at least our talk selections are in there. Some of the panels are still being fleshed out. You can find that on securityweekly.com forward slash unlocked and register for free for the conference. All righty. On to the enterprise security news for this week. Uh, where do you want to start, Matt? Well, we can go through the funding announcements quickly and then yeah. get into the meat of the product announcements, maybe. Sure. Sonray announces a $20 million Series B. Yes. You know, we briefed with Sonray, I think it was RSA Conference 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then, they had, they had just kind of started. Uh, so now they're in their Series B. Uh, to build out what they call, uh, what do they call it? It's uh, their DIG product. And it's really an identity and governance kind of play in the cloud. When you first look at their website, you're like, okay, they do cloud security, but exactly what? What it really boils down to is is kind of understanding uh, uh, cloud identity, data governance, um, and kind of the interrelationships of that in your cloud environments. Interesting. I mean, we know it's difficult to understand based on the different cloud assets that you have, what data is in the cloud, where is it, what services, the identity side of the cloud is pretty difficult. They're trying to simplify that. And so they got an extra $20 million investment uh, is their Series B. I think that's about $38.5 million all in uh, in their two rounds so far. 4IQ raises $30 million in a Series C. Yes. Uh, you know, these guys have been around for a while. Um, you know, we've, we've seen them in various places. Uh, again, identity-focused. Uh, they talk about their ID lake. We're, we're going to talk about data mm-hmm. lakes, I think, maybe a little later in one of the mm-hmm. other segments a bit. Uh, but it's really around uh, a couple of their products called ID theft and ID hunt. Um, so they're trying to protect some of the uh, digital identities out there as well. Uh, Series C, so they're, obviously they're, they're still growing. Uh, I didn't look at what their total investment was, um, but this round is $30 million. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting, you know, it's a data problem, right? But they say um, they collect identity records from data breaches and leaks found in open sources on the surface, social, deep, and dark web. And then go see if your identities are out there. I don't disagree with the strategy necessarily. I just, it's a, I think, a smaller component to many people's uh, security programs. Yeah, and you already have products like LifeLock and others already doing aspects of that. So where's the real difference with what some of those other ID theft protection products are doing? Right. Yeah, the, that's one where the comprehensiveness matters, and it can be difficult to to measure. Some of the feedback I've heard in the past is, well, yeah, we engage with those companies, but they didn't find anything. I'm like, well, that's good, right? But it, it's hard to measure the effectiveness of those of those programs because it is so specific to how comprehensive their data lakes are, basically, right? Right. Yep, exactly. Uh, this third uh, raise in this announcement, uh, it, uh, it, full disclosure, Accurate is a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I'm an advisor. Um, this is Sashin. Uh, Sasha and I were together at Laird Insight. This is his uh, next company after the Laird Insight acquisition. Acurix raised 20 million Series A with ClearSky uh, in the mix. This is a great I- investment. I love what these guys are doing. Uh, they're looking at your infrastructure's code, and they're looking for vulnerabilities and misconfiguration before you actually deploy the infrastructure in the cloud. Um, 
and then monitor that live cloud environment for drift against your preset configuration template. So it's a really interesting solution. I love what these guys are doing, which is why I'm an advisor, but they did raise a $20 million series A. So congratulations to Sasha and the team. Yeah, congrats. That's awesome. I do love their, their problem that they solve and the point of view, uh, and the execution is awesome. Um, Palo Alto Networks announces cloud a cloud-native security platform, Prisma Cloud 2.0. Uh, according to the announcement, because we always wonder when Palo Alto makes announcements, like, which acquisition was this that you're rebranding? Which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's nice to kind of have the map, right? Um, so Palo Alto Networks in November of 2019 acquired Apparetto. And this is now the uh, leading into the introduction of Prisma Cloud, which is based on that acquisition. Um, it includes features such as data security and delivers data loss prevention capabilities, offering discovery classification and malware detection for AWS S3. It also has cloud posture security management, which is the Evident IO slash Redlock acquisitions. They actually acquired mm -hmm. two CSPMs. Right. Uh, Evident IO didn't work out so well, so they went out and bought Redlock. So that's, I think it's primarily based on Redlock. So that's in here. They've got cloud workload protection platforms. My guess is some of that came from Twistlock yep. because they also acquired Twistlock, mm -hmm. right? So piecing the rest of these together, together Paul, you're right. starting to see, you know, these series of application cloud container security companies are really the foundation of Prisma and now Prisma Cloud 2.0. Um, this has always been the big question, kind of how all these things came together. This is the best summary I've seen of, yeah, of how it comes together. all these pieces coming together. Yeah, I will say usually DLP in this context in your cloud posture management system is usually a DLP light, relying heavily on tagging and things like that, which, I mean, we've covered in some webcasts. Um, the uh, Secure Circle folks, I think, really paint a nice picture of uh, the pros and cons and limitations uh, to that tagging. Um, which I thought right. I thought was interesting when we, you know, I had never really dug into DLP in any, any way, mostly because it kind of got a bad reputation, right? We're seeing a resurgence of it. It's a feature in some of the cloud security vendors, but I think to really do it, you got to look out in some of these more forward-thinking vendors uh, because I like Secure Circle. And the one other one that does it in email, um, material.security. Material yeah, material, material security. security. Yeah, that's like they really thought about the DLP problem, and I think have a much better uh, point of view and solution for that. Yeah, and we've also talked to Gamma Networks about this a little bit, which yeah. is kind of a different take. There, these are some of the three emerging data security plays we're seeing that are moving away from the old traditional DLP right. solutions. Classification which is, and tagging, right, which is... Correct. Know, yep. And even overlap into the CASBs, because the CASBs mm -hmm. say they do DLP, but it's DLP light because, again, right. they're tagging it, but you need some other system for the enforcement side. So CASBs are doing kind of the, the light version of DLP discovery and tagging also. If we were a big analyst firm that starts with a G, we might have one of those quadrant thingies and call it DLP light. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, eCentire has launched a cloud automation security assistant. I, and this is interesting inside of Microsoft teams is where you kind of collaborate on the analysis of this data. And they say they can manage alerts and launch automated threat configurations for Microsoft cloud application security, Microsoft 365, 
Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, Microsoft Azure, and Microsoft Graph Security API. And for those playing their bingo card at home of all the Microsoft products and the name changes, that, that ticks off a lot of the Microsoft bingo if you've got the Microsoft bingo card. And you need a, a new re refreshed one because they just renamed everything. Right. You do. Under Defender, I believe, is kind of the predominant brand that a lot of this is going to come and under. It's Microsoft Defender and Microsoft 365, which is interesting because they're losing that Windows. They've dropped that Windows moniker from there, which kind of gives us a little bit of insight maybe to where Microsoft is, um, you know, I, I believe it was Corey that brought this up uh, earlier, and we'll talk to Corey in just a bit, uh, that, you know, they're playing the long game. And if I, and this wasn't Corey's thought, but I'm like, if they are, rebranding it to Microsoft means they can apply that to any operating system now. I think we've really seen this shift of Microsoft not just applying its productivity products and in, in all of that, but their security products now going cross-platform. Yes. And, and we were talking about a little bit, you know, you got Defender on Windows, they embed a Linux kernel, then they port Defender to the, the Linux, Linux kernel. kernel. Now you have pretty much full coverage across the stack. Does that change the EDR vendor environment, um, which will be interesting? Now all they I need mean, is Defender for, for Mac OS. Right. Well, it's but it's a it's Linux based. So well, how BSD, close I mean, are loose, they? Yeah, yeah, they're BSD. Well, they were largely BSD based, uh, in my understanding, but uh, very different. And all the different versions are different. It's a pain in the butt to support macOS actually in any capacity yeah. like that. But they're heading down that path. I, I think to the are. point where yeah. you've got Defender and ATP and some of these other things running across multiple platforms. You, you, you start to change the landscape a little bit on the endpoint side, which I think is interesting, right? But you still see these MDR companies, these managed detection response companies. They may use an EDR. They might use these native Microsoft products like eCentire is, mm -hmm. I, I believe, uh, DeepWatch is as well. When we talked to Corey in, in the third segment today. But they're bringing the services to it. They're bringing the resources to it. They're making it actionable at, at the customer side that may not have the resources to do this. So I think the MDR play is the long game. But what you're using is your EDR might change, actually. Yeah. Speaking of endpoint technology, Sentinel-1 has secured a patent for their unique approach to uncovering exploits. It says... The patent is a combination of three separate Sentinel-1 innovations, automatic feature extractor, code detector, and position-independent code detection that significantly enhances what they're calling XDR, uh, which we've talked about, their plat XDR platform detection capabilities. Not, not too much in the way of details of what all those things actually mean, uh, but kind of interesting nonetheless. You, you can go... The patent numbers are in there. So you can go read You want to go read them, go right ahead. I've written... Two, I think, in my career. Yeah, yeah, they make your brain hurt. Yeah, big time. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of yes. interesting. Um, and, and patents don't necessarily mean it's the best solution for you either. Could no, be. Definitely not. I mean, it's part of their intellectual property where they believe they're extracting value in their solution over others. So when you have innovative capabilities, you patent them, you protect that intellectual property, and, and hopefully that provides you value. Uh, against your other competitors at some point. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, makes sense. Akamai launches a new API security tool. The API discovery and profiling capability automatically and continuously delivers APIs based on a scoring mechanism that takes into account response content type, 
path characteristics and traffic patterns. Would call this also a very light version of API security. There are firms that specialize in this. This sounded yeah, exactly. to me more like you can monitor it and more of like a discovery and classification for your APIs, which yeah, is I mean, important. If you, think, if you think what Akamai is, it's basically a big WAF with a SD-WAN in front of it kind mm -hmm. of thing, right? So they see a lot of traffic. And if they understand that they're, uh, the, the traffic coming through is to an API endpoint that can do some level of discovery, some level of monitoring against that API traffic. We saw very similar feature capabilities from Signal Sciences, mm -hmm. uh, also doing that at the API level. Then you have very specific API security vendors that are building deeper integration into the API, what the functionality of that API endpoint is supposed to be. Salt security was one that we briefed with. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's one. There's a couple others in the space. There are. I briefed with another one. It was, I think it was yeah. a French company. They were really good at it, too. In Se Sequence? Yes. Yeah, sequence no. security is doing Maybe aspects of API security. Yep. There's a couple others. But, I mean, look, we, we know there's a proliferation of API endpoints all over the place in these highly distributed applications that are being moved in, out, all over the place. And so APIs have taken on a much bigger role in how communication is happening at the application layer. You're seeing a lot of vendors focus on API security because APIs are out there. They're open endpoints in, in most cases. So how do you secure them, protect them, uh, provide authentication to them? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of areas in API security that have to be addressed. This is some great capabilities. I don't know how they're pricing it. If they're giving yeah. it away, fantastic. Uh, but there are also much more pure play API security companies. Yeah, because you really have to dig in. And I was having some conversations, I think, with Tyler about what's available on the various API endpoints, for example, in Microsoft 365. And if you get certain responses and pieces of data, figuring out how critical that may be in terms of a, if it is a vulnerability and how critical it is that that information comes out is somewhat subjective. And that's why I like the vendors that dig deeper into API security, because I think you've got a much better chance of uh, identifying the real vulnerabilities in your API. It sounded to me like Akamai is giving you an API security light to just classify and discover, which is not bad. You may use both, right? If you don't know which API and you, you have, how are you, you going to secure them, right? Them. Yeah, it's back to that old vulnerability management problem, right? Yes. What else looked good in here, Matt? There was quite a few uh, product announcements this week. There were, uh, you know, Tenable did this announcement on Tenable Lumen again. And I started reading this, and the only thing that's available now is this concept of remediation maturity, where you can baseline your remediation timelines with peers and best practices available now. Everything else in here is not available till the end of Q4, so why is there a press release mm. talking about all this? I, again, We've seen aspects of this Lumen. It was announced two years before it was actually ready. Then they had some capabilities. We dug into it. It was interesting. Now they're announcing updates, but two of the three updates aren't even available yet. So why do the press release now? Why not wait until it's ready? Anyways. Tenable's trying to solve the problem that others are trying to solve as well in the space. We did a great segment with Vicarious last week on Paul Security Weekly. And what I garnered from that segment was just how subjective the vulnerability scoring and prioritization is. We sat in the panel of very seasoned professionals that have been doing this for a long time. Some of us working in vulnerability management, 
all of us have worked for an organization in the blue team role as a, as a defender on the security team and understand the problem. And what we came down to is it's still very subjective. There are a, a lot of factors very specific to the organization that you have to take into account. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to run through those and really kind of, you know, you don't want to leave it to a gut feeling. You want to have more to sink your teeth into when you prioritize the vulnerability and the re- remediation. So I thought that was one of the better discussions we've had. And the Vicarious team did a fantastic job of gamifying it. You know, they had a poll they, and they showed us different factors. And, you know, we got into discussions like, do you patch the CEO's workstation or the assistant to the CEO? And what, what level does that carry? And then if the vulnerabilities in the browser, how exploitable is it in, in all of those things? Well, we're going to talk to Ed Bellis right after this in the mm. next segment. Yeah. I mean, parts of the research that they've been doing, I mean, Ken has been doing this for a long time too, long time. looking at different aspects of prioritization, looking at uh, predicting whether vulnerabilities are going to be exploited. I know they're using math <laughs> yes. under the covers to actually do some of this stuff. So we're going to get another kind of insight on this. This looks like a a standard benchmarking capability where the more predictive scoring mitigation stuff is actually not released yet. So again, to my point, why a press release now versus in like four to six weeks from now? Which is interesting because Vicarious has that already. I know I'm plugging them again. They are a sponsor, obviously, but they do. They have that already. I've seen it in action. It looks good. It makes me want it, actually, for us, to be honest with you. That's when we engage. That's how, part of the reason why we, we love our sponsors and choose our sponsors uh, to an extent is that I'm like, if I hear it, I'm like, I, I want that. that. That's a good indicator, right? Again, that's a gut feeling, right, as well sometimes. But uh, when we hear about some of those features, uh, that gets us excited. That's, that's usually a good indication that they can solve problems in the real world. Right. Anyone else on here you think might be solving problems for real people in the real world. <laughs> let's hope so. Uh, let's see, we get, we've got the TiVo Networks folks coming on to Paul Security Weekly soon. And we've seen a number of announcements from them and in different enhancements. This one's around identity access management control. I, 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 when they get on, there, there's a lot of questions I think we have yes. for some of the things that the TiVo's been doing because we've covered them probably once a month for like the last three months or so of, of additional enhancements to their platform. And I think them coming on as a sponsor to Paul Security Weekly will give you and the crew an opportunity to really understand all the improvements that Atibo has been making and how they're using deception here um, across the board for these different use cases. It's hard to extract it out of some of these articles. So I'm excited to get them on and actually hear it from them. Absolutely. Splunk has an announcement. They're helping security teams modernize and unify their security operations in the cloud. According to Splunk. Cloud native updates. A lot of a lot of cloud in here. Yeah, because people aren't on prem anymore. Who's hanging out in the office, right? So now they have to make all these capabilities that they had primarily on premise available in the cloud, so people can gain access to it if they're not sitting in uh, in the organization anymore. So I think you're going to see a lot of traditional on prem technologies start to build cloud native SaaS based uh, variations of their products to support this more remote kind of style workforce with not a lot of people sitting in in corporate environments right now. We did cover 
on Monday, the Security Weekly 25 index, and we know that Splunk missed on the revenue expectations the last quarter, did fine on profitability. So again, a little bit of pivot, a little bit of shift, because they have to continue to figure out how to keep their base uh, and their revenue streams happy. CyberSaint also had an announcement in here adding automation functionality to its CyberStrong platform to reduce manual intervention. If I think back to one of my first experiences with auditing and compliance, it was a very manual process. There was a manual questionnaire. Plextract uh, has spoken to this as well. And automation in that area, I think, is, is very good because I think we still, in order to guide our security program, need these manual audits to kind of gauge in general where we're at. So I think they have a place in our security programs and automation in that area, I think, is, is super useful. Yeah, what's interesting is and they're I a sponsor to too. Of, Sorry, I they are. They are a sponsor. It's funny. We did an interview on application security mm. weekly. I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, and and it was an advisor to a couple of these companies. And and I was like, oh my gosh, they're a sponsor. They're a sponsor. He goes, mm. yeah. He goes, as soon as I saw their data model, I was in. Mm-hmm. Right, because having built a GRC platform right. and knowing the limitations of a relational database structure and what we were trying to do with that database. I know the challenges of the GRC scalability and automation challenges. CyberSaint has done a lot to address that from a database architecture perspective that allows them to do some of this stuff, which is why that this unnamed person is an advisor because he's like, yeah, as soon as I saw the database, I knew I was in. So I thought that was an interesting uh, comment. Oh, I I like CyberSaint. Now I remember they're all the same CyberSaint that I did couple of informal briefings with one of their marketing folks at conferences. So glad to see that they're, they're a sponsor now because I like their approach and they were really working hard to solve problems uh, for people. So that's good. Awesome. Cool. Well, that rounds out the news for this week. A couple more stories in there. Make sure that you, you, that you check them out. Interview with uh, Ed Bellis coming up next. <laughs> 